When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and I apologize for the wait. Um, one thing I will say is I do love all the support on Twitter and all the other formats, social media sites, just saying, hey, where is my 49ers Rush Podcast? I apologize. I was out of town this weekend, and I tried to get something done yesterday, and technical difficulties recorded a whole episode only for it to be lost. Yay, fun. But that's okay. We've got a great episode for you today and so much news. We're going to have back-to-back episodes, one today and one tomorrow. Today we'll be breaking down the offense. I mean, they came out, the 49ers, and they won 27-17 to against the Chiefs. We're 3-0 and in the preseason, baby, and the one thing that is great is, man, for all of the naysayers out there that were so worried about Jimmy Garoppolo, man, the boy looked good, looked really good. So we're going to get into him, MVPs, break down everything, injuries, updated practice reports. There's a lot of news coming out for the 49ers on all those guys we've been waiting on, who practiced today and who didn't, but a couple things that we need to understand. The calendar is key for this next week. So I am recording this Monday afternoon, and our last game is Thursday. You know, this is going to be our third game in 10 games, 10 days, and then we have to cut down to 53 on Saturday. So again, we're playing the Chargers on Thursday at 7 p.m., and then we're going to have basically 48 hours from that point almost exactly to cut down a lot of players. So it's going to be a lot of news. I'm hoping to be on here almost every single day up until that point with projections and all that. I will definitely get the defensive breakdown to you guys by tomorrow. And then as soon as that game happens, we'll break down that game and get out projections and see what we got. And then after Sunday, you know, we're going to have our final 53-man rosters, injured reserve. All those things will be finalized. And then it's time to start getting ready for week one. You know, we play at Tampa Bay week one that Sunday. We have the late kickoff at 125 our time. We're going to have 10 days between our last preseason game and week one. And it's it's going to be fascinating. So there's so many fun question marks, and it could go so many different ways between now and then. But all good news. Really, really excited. And before we jump into MVPs and all that stuff, and again, today is just offense. It's going to be <laughs> very detailed, to say the least. We're going to go position by position, breaking down the quarterbacks. We'll go O-line, pressures allowed, run blocking grades, top five players, star. Starters. The preseason's fun because 
Man, once you're in the regular season, your starters play pretty much the entire game. Well, we're getting lots of players are getting play time. So uh, I do want to update, and this is a report that just came out literally four minutes ago from Matt Barrows, who is one of my favorite follows. If you don't follow him, you must do so. We started off today with the transaction, and it seems like our very first draft pick has kind of um, gone the way of the Dodo. Tim Harris, who looked really, really good. They decided to move him to IR. So because he is going to be on injured reserve list, he's going to he's going to be done. He can't even be on the pup. And because he was active, then got hurt, that changes kind of the formality of the whole thing. But in kind of a feel-good news, we sign Johnny Holland's son. Uh, this is really, really cool. Jordan Holland, who was not drafted. He's at a Prairie View A&M, and he's one of our coaches, our outside linebackers coach's son. And so pretty cool. He had a tryout with the San Francisco 49ers in the spring. And just want to say welcome. Um, really curious to see if he will get some playing time. I don't think that there is really even a 1% chance that he is going to make the roster. Hey, man, uh, when things like this happen, you've got to be pretty excited. He even helped sell tickets last year for the 49ers um so you can kind of see what's going on there pretty cool I, I love our organization our front office they definitely get the picture of the human element and i appreciate that now lots of practice updates as far as players who are playing and not Probably the best news of the day, and this is huge, center Western Richburg is off of the pup list and is practicing today. This is huge, one, because you know Kyle Shanahan has said almost the entire offseason that he's close. This was the key week for him to come back. Now, we'll just have to see how he responds. You know, it's, it's one of those things. We saw Jarek McKinnon come off the list, and it was awful. So uh, that's one thing that we just got to watch. Now, as far as other players that are practicing as well, D Ford back at practice, amazing news. George Kittle back at practice, amazing news. That is two of our top five players on our franchise that we are very dependent upon coming back and playing. So uh, great to have those guys back. Adrian Colbert back, Ronald Blair back, Julian Taylor back, Elijah Lee back, Joshua Garnett back. So a lot of depth and all those things. However, players not at practice, Dante Pettis, Jalen Hurd, Jarek McKinnon, and Raheem Mostert. Now, Raheem Mostert, he had a quad bruise or contusion and so that's why he was kind of a surprising inactive from the game. Nobody really knew what was going on there. And Kyle Shanahan even said in his press conference, you know, you guys didn't even know he was injured. He, he had just a small bump the last practice before the game against Kansas City. So he sat out. And now the thing is with Dante Pettis, we don't really know what's up with that one. Jalen Hurd had some back tightness. And so he was also a surprising scratch there but um we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens here but you know I'm not really worried about Pettis or Hurd McKinnon's the big one and Raheem Mostert not really worried there either now what is shocking is there's zero Bosa news that is kind of a big deal you know Kyle Shanahan did say in his press conference that based on this week with Bosa, will determine his week one availability. My guess is, and again, I'll update this from you know the very first time that the injury happened, best case scenario is Bosa is able to come back for pass rush downs only and be limited to you know 13 to 14 snaps, come in on long third down, something like that week one. 
Um, worst case scenario is he's going to be out until the bye week, which I don't think is going to be that. There's been no setbacks, and the fact that you know they're saying, hey, he could be back this week, that that's good news. So, But just understand, he will be phased in slowly, and this is kind of the plan that they had with him anyway. Whenever training camp and all that stuff started, he was working with the twos and base downs, and then pass rushing downs or obvious pass plays, he was working with the ones. This is what we should expect for him, almost very similar to Alden Smith and what happened there. Let's jump over quickly for the offensive MVP, and man, here's the thing. I struggled mightily with which one and I kept going back and forth here because I I think that there's you know two solid people that deserve it and those two people are Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Breida um, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is much more valuable just because of his position coming off that poor performance and all those things but Matt Breida just created on his own over and over and over again that touchdown catch was absolutely bananas and you know we're going to get into all of those things and break down the positions but before we do that I want to go through and talk about the starters okay because this is what's key you know the third preseason game is the most important preseason game I would be willing to say it's more important than all three of the other preseason games combined. You know, with our fourth preseason game coming up, our starters will not play at all. It is basically get your body right for week one. They're already scheming and, you know, planning for Tampa Bay. They're not going to be working on the game against the Chargers. I can guarantee you that. So starters, if we start on the outside and work our way in, the two wide receivers were Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. We saw that again. Now I will say this, Debo Samuel got in with the first group on the second drive, which was great to see. It did seem like they were allowing all of the kind of first and second team wide receivers to work their way in and I think we're going to see that in the regular season as well where you know one drive is going to be Dante Pettis and Goodwin out there and Kendrick Bourne and then the next drive you're going to see Debo and Jalen Hurd and Richie James and things like that so kind of get used to seeing that now offensive line we from left to right Staley Tomlinson Garland stepped in and got 38 snaps at the center position Mike Pearson at right guard, he was kind of one of the first ones to get out, and then Mike McGlinchey as well. Kind of interesting that the entire starting offensive line played 38 snaps, but Mike Pearson only played 22. And, you know, Coach Shanahan came out and said, yeah, we wanted to get a couple other guys some work there and just kind of rest Mike, who he played very, very well. Now, the tight end was Levine Toilolo. He had an awful game, but that's okay. We'll talk more about that. Then the backfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Juszczyk, and Tevin Coleman. So as far as just the offensive starters, those are the guys that were out there. Let's go through just a real quick run through of the drives and what kind of conspired throughout the night just on the offensive side. Okay, so we had nine total drives and it didn't start off great, but it wasn't really bad either. You know, we had a turnover on downs the very first uh, down the very first drive. It's third and one. We get stuffed at the goal line, then a tipped pass on fourth down. I love that they went for it there. I had a couple of responses on Twitter. Man, how aggressive should our play calling be this year? I'm so sick and tired of field goals. <laughs> I, I love that we have one of the best kickers in all of football. However, 
I want aggressive mindset from our front office to our coaching staff to our players and especially our quarterback. And so if we're fourth and one, especially in a preseason game, I want to give it a shot. I want to see what we can do out there. The second drive we came out, and it's funny because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets sacked and instantaneously he just seemed to calm the hell down. This is huge. You know, you got to take that first big hit after coming back from an injury. And sometimes it's funny, whenever I was coaching, you know, and, and we would run the zone read with our quarterback and tell him to do a keeper whenever we had to start a, tr- a sophomore one time because what we wanted to do was we wanted to get him calmed down. And one of the best ways to do that is a super easy kind of screen pass, whatever, a low-risk pass to get the, you know, your your juices flowing. Or, man, let your quarterback take a hit. And he was a big kid. He could handle it. But until he got hit, he he was just a deer in the headlights. And so it seemed like that kind of happened with Garoppolo as well. And he looked great on the second drive. It was probably the best drive of the game. If you go back and you head over to my Twitter feed, at JL underscore Chapman, I put a little compilation together of all the passes from that second drive. And he looked great. He really, really looked good. Now, none of the passes were... How do I say this? They weren't like the best passes ever. But, you know, coming off of week two preseason where you're just like, oh, crap. And the media is going to say, oh, there's a problem with Jimmy Garoppolo and all these things. And then you just watch that second drive. Whatever concerns that you had for this quarterback, you've got to just deep breath and say, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Like he has what it is. Um, he, he looked great. Third drive was a punt, three and out. Staley gave up a sack to Frank Clark, which was kind of a bummer. That was that was a big one. He got beat pretty bad there. You know, this is back-to-back games. Staley got beat for a sack, which you don't want to see, um, or at least a quarterback hit in the first one. First, first, Second preseason game wasn't a sack. So fourth drive, field goal, very nice drive. Jimmy G and Brita created all the way. Brita was creating the whole game on his own. You just got to give that guy the ball. He is unbelievable fifth drive field goal we get a score again right before halftime and it was fun to see you know it was a two-minute drill um they started on the 45 uh, they started with a minute 45 left on their own 40 and so they had 60 yards to go they didn't get all the way and jimmy was killing it on the drive but every single time Devin coleman was in there it was a negative play and then they put brita in there and it was a positive play but we ended up kicking a 34 yard field goal with 12 seconds left and that was halftime so for Jimmy Garoppolo you know he was in there for five drives they scored on three of those one touchdown and two field goals one of them was a turnover on downs that she could have had a field goal again so you've got to be very very happy with that first team offense they did great now the second half after we come out Mullins took over and he basically was a quarterback for pretty much the whole game. Um, You know, Wilson Spate got in there for a few plays at the very end. But again, it was mostly, you know, it's interesting to see that. How do I say this? Kyle Shanahan talked about it at the end of the game about the quarterback controversy. And he basically tried to silence it as soon as the question was asked. And he wasn't really even asked. He just said, oh, we're going to keep all three quarterbacks. We have three NFL quarterbacks. Most teams don't have that luxury. We're keeping all three. This is coach speak. Is there a possibility we keep all three? Yes, 100%. He is trying to get a trade. 
He's trying to facilitate a trade, and you know, obviously Nick Mullins is the number two, and CJ is the number three. But um, we have a lot of positions where the roster limits are going to be tough, especially with a lot of guys on the brink of injuries. So this is something that is going to be interesting to watch. I would be willing to say there's a 50-50 chance one of these backup quarterbacks get traded. They, you know, The question is, obviously, I want to kick, keep Nick Mullins. I love Nick Mullins. But the question is, well, if you can only get a sixth or a seventh for CJ, but you might be able to get a third for Nick Mullins, would you prefer to take that? I'm not saying I would, so calm down. I'm sure you're going to be in my mentions. That's okay. Uh, I love you guys. Bring it. I, I, I like the heat. I don't have a problem with it. But that's a legitimate question that has to be asked. Would you a third round pick return would be incredible? But I do love me some Nick Mullins, and he is so easy to root for. Now. Another thing that's going to be interesting to see in week four of the preseason is it going to be the CJ show with Wilson Spate? Will Mullins not get a snap because you're resting him? Um, or do you try to put him on? I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I really, really don't. So something important to watch and just see what goes on. So we come out out of halftime for our sixth drive. We punt after Brunskill gave up a sack. Um, we only allowed two sacks the whole game. One was on Brunskill and one was from Joe Staley. Outside of that, our quarterbacks were untouched. Zero pressures, hurries, or quarterbacks, quarterback hits were allowed, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, that was it, just two sacks, and that was all. Seventh drive, we get a touchdown on a Jeff Wilson run. It was an amazing drive by Nick Mullins. He was dealing. You could tell he was feeling it. Uh, he looked amazing. Eighth drive, another touchdown run for Jeff Wilson. Reggie James, uh, Richie James had a couple Great plays on that. Probably one of the better plays of the day from an individual performance. You know, he catches just a little kind of hook curl route and then spins out and just made the defender look awful and gained a lot of yards extra after that to convert on third down. He had a good game. And then the ninth drive, we just kneeled out. Uh, Time was basically over, and that's where we were there. Now, uh, what I want to do now is try to step back and let's look at some team stats, stats from an offensive side because make no mistake, you know, we won this game by 10 points, 27 to 17. We dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that's just, it, it's hard to get outside of that. You know, we outgained them in almost every single facet of the game. 23 first downs for the 49ers to 12 for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's almost doubled. That's incredible. On top of that, third down efficiency was absolutely phenomenal. We go 9 for 15 on third down conversions. That is great. Um, basically, your success rate for that, you 50% you can live with. You're looking for closer to you know 60 to 70% and we hit that. We were 0 for 1 on fourth down. That's whenever Jimmy Garoppolo had that pass uh, batted down. But just total plays, and this is what Shanahan has done everywhere. 68 total plays to 46 for Kansas City. That's impressive. Uh, we outgained them 140 total yards. We had 381 yards. Um, same drives, all those things, but we were able to continue to convert first down or third downs, and that's huge. That's what you got to do. You just got to stay consistent, and that's the thing. We were sacked twice for 15 yards. We got three sacks for 13 yards, so that's huge. Rushing, we doubled them up. We had 124 rushing yards, Kansas City Chiefs 63. These are all good things. Two for four in the red zone, you can live with that. 50% is usually your goal there. One thing that was interesting of note, we only had four penalties. 
compared to 10 penalties for over 100 some odd yards the previous week. So that's huge. Very clean football game on our part. Zero turnovers. You know, we had the muffed punt by Dante Pettis, but there was nobody within 20 yards of him. And so we were able to get on that one pretty much with ease. So that wasn't too big of a deal. Now, before we jump on and we jump into individual performances, I wanted to take a second and just thank our our sponsor because holy freaking cow, I love these guys. We worked with them last year. My bookie is the best place to bet on football every weekend. One of my favorite things to do and a big reason why I wait to kind of work with them is it's football season. I don't bet on other sports. I, I love other sports. I watch other sports, but I know football and I bet on football through my bookie. And one of the best things about it is they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred grand and it only costs a hundred dollars to enter. And so it's a big tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard. And if you do that huge cast prize pool and it's guaranteed cash that's going to be paid out, it's going to be a lot of fun. So here's the deal. I usually work with sponsors all the time, and it's people that I know I can trust, and that's why I like my bookie, and again, the second year that I've worked with these guys, because I believe in them. You bet, you win, they pay. Very easy to get money in and out. You don't have to worry about like a hassle or any of those things, and one of the best things... They have live in-game betting on every NFL game. Um, And so, like, if you feel something is going to happen and you're liking this fantasy player and you want to know how many fantasy points this guy's going to get, you can bet on individual players whether they're going to score 12 points or less, 12 points or more. You get to kind of pick what it is you want. And here's what's awesome. I am very uh, proud about this one because it's up big time from last year. They are guaranteeing only my listeners a $1,000 first deposit bonus, which means when you set up an account and you your very first deposit, they're going to double it for you. All you have to do is use the promo code 49ers to activate the offer. Again, visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Use the promo code 49ers. Again, 49ERS. And shoot, bet, win, get paid, make a thousand extra dollars. So again, they double your first deposit. So up to a thousand dollars. So just want to say thanks to them for all the support for the show. That's my bookie again, promo code 49ers. All right, let's jump into top and bottom players. Oh boy. All right. This preseason has been up and down for Richie James, but he finished as the pro football focus number one overall player, and he just had a hell of a game. Now, the I guess the weird thing is, you know, he struggled with run blocking big time. However, he was just so good in the passing game and creating on his own, and he got first downs on almost every single catch he had, which was great. Jordan Matthews scored up there as well, and he was pretty much the opposite. Jordan Matthews, one, he had that deep pass down the middle where he could have scored a touchdown and Mullins overthrew him, but he is a great run blocker from inside. Um, He had the highest run blocking grade of any player on our team. Looked great. Mike Pearson only got 22 snaps with the starters, but he just looked great. Uh, the only negative play he had is where he was blocking Chris Jones on fourth and one, and Chris Jones was able to jump up and bat down the Jimmy Garoppolo pass, which totally you know stalled the drive, but he's had a heck of a game. Uh, he played very, very well. Finish that out with Matt Breida and Ben Garland, which is great news for 49ers fan because if Ben Garland can play, 
that guy's going to be our backup guard and our backup center. He's going to back up the entire interior. And if a big question mark of this team, and one that I've called us out on the entire year, is interior O-line depth. And Ben Garland seems to share that, shore that up. Now, a couple guys just to mention, honorable mention, Mike McGlinchey, Jimmy Garoppolo were the next ones up. So those are kind of the top-graded guys, and we're going to go through the positions with some specific stats on each one in a second. But that kind of lets you just know where everybody was at. Now, the worst performers, and I didn't think that this one was close. Tevin Coleman looked terrible. Tevin Coleman has continued to look terrible. Now, the one area where he did do well in is pass blocking. He actually pass blocked pretty well. He was only in there for three pass block plays, but he picked up uh, somebody every single time, which anytime you can protect your quarterback and you're a ball carrier, there's kind of two guys. You know, you have Tevin Coleman that you can keep in versus the blitz and things like that. And then you have Matt Breida that can release out into the flats and is a little bit more of a concern. And this is something that, you know, defensive coaches will watch and attest to because if you see a better receiving back, you don't want to send your linebackers on a blitz because that's scary stuff. Uh, you can get a line or a running back out in the flats that can create on his own, and that's scary. Uh, Tevin Coleman has great speed, but he has to have a hole first. And so he's not as good a receiving option as Matt Breida is. Sam Young, oh man, he had a good week, and then he had a really, really bad week. Uh, Daniel Helm and Levine Toilolo, you know, two different tight ends. It's not looking good for Tololu. I really do think that he's kind of playing himself out of a roster spot. He's good at two things. You know, he's not a great receiving option, but he can block very, very well. His pass blocking is always incredible. But again, the 49ers really like to let, you know, the tight end out. And whenever he's dropping passes multiple weeks in a row, that's going to hurt. And Justin School, you know, our rookie right tackle, I think he's going to be the next rookie that just doesn't make it. Unfortunately, Caden Smith would be sixth. I really wish that he would step his game up, but he, he's just... That's the thing, man. You know, you try to go after these rookies late, like Justin School and Caden Smith, and you're hoping that they're going to be able to step up and perform, but it just hasn't happened. And because it's, you know, it just really hasn't happened, it's, you got to kind of scratch your head. What do we do at that right tackle position? Because it sure as hell ain't Willie Beavers. Is it going to be Brunskill, um, who's up and down? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we make some type of transaction to get somebody in there that can play tackle because we do not have a swing tackle in place that is NFL ready at this moment. So let's let's continue our conversation about the line and just kind of look at what happened here. Okay, so first off, Joe Staley took 38 snaps at left tackle, Sam Young 27, Willie Beavers 5. And he, Willie Beavers actually played better than <laughs> Sam Young did this game. Sam Young is... He's not the guy we need. I don't know what else to say. He's a very poor run blocker, but he, what he can do is he can slow down good pass rushers. That's kind of his MO. But is that good enough to stop you from you know going and making a transition and getting somebody that can back you up? Now, on the right side, very similar. McGlinchey, 38 snaps right tackle. Justin School, 27. Uh, Andrew Lauderdale, 5. And it got bad. Uh, School was terrible. Lauderdale wasn't much better. McGlinchey and Staley had pretty good games. Besides the one play where 
Staley just got destroyed for a sack. I don't know. He just he, he lost the edge and his momentum and position was bad and he tried to hold on. Almost got a holding call and a sack allowed, but uh, it was just bad. Now, if we look at the right guard position, you know, Pearson started and played absolutely incredible, and Daniel Brunskill came in next at right guard. He was decent, and Ross Reynolds, who is, you know, I had as a roster guy, he looked great at the end, but he only got five snaps. And so you can kind of see what the coaching staff is already starting to think. They keep giving all these different guys spots for that backup right guard, backup left guard, and nobody wants it. Ross Reynolds gets a shot a few weeks ago, craps the bet. This week, Daniel Brunskill gets in there. He plays okay. Um, I think it's possible <laughs> that, that he is winning that position because if we look at the other side, uh, left guard, Lakin Tomlinson got 38 snaps. He hasn't looked great this preseason, but not bad. Najee Torin was bad. Najee Torin was really, really bad. Um, you know, he gets credited with. Um, him and Brunskill kind of shared that sack, but Torin got a pretty bad grade. He got 27 snaps, and you know they've moved him around both guard spots, center, all those things. And in my opinion, he has shown this team he's not ready. But you know, if you don't want to make any transactions, you got to keep somebody. Um, so so who's that going to be? I'd go with the most recent hottest. And I, you know, uh, Wesley Johnson backed up the center. Ben Garland played 38 snaps. Wesley Johnson 27. Dylan Day 5. And I'll say this about Wesley Johnson. He doesn't get any movement in the run game. However... Nobody moves him in the passing game. And one of my favorite things about centers, you know, I do the... I do a lot of draft work and, you know, position breakdowns and all those things. And going off of Bill Walsh's, you know, scouting notes, one of the best things about centers that he talks about a lot, you can't give up ground in the pass game. Like, you need to stalemate those guys up front. And for some reason, this guy just continues to dominate in that area. So I absolutely love that from him. Now if we jump over just to the stat sheet, let's go to the quarterbacks. And here's the deal. Jimmy Garoppolo played amazing. Uh, he goes 14 for 20, you know, 70% completion percentage, 188 yards, 9.4 yards per attempt, which is unbelievable. One touchdown, zero interceptions. You know, he was sacked once. He had one tipped pass at the line of scrimmage. He had one drop pass from Levine Tololo, um, but nine first downs on 20 passes. So that basically means every time he drops back to make a pass, he's every other time is a first down. His NFL rating was a 116.2, which is just that's awesome. Um now Nick Mullins and I'll break down the pressure um rate here in a second. He goes 8 for 11, very efficient again, 72.7 completion percentage, only 84 yards, but he missed a couple passes, you know, and that's and also I must say, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo he, he had one awful pass, one of the worst passes I've seen all preseason from him, where he threw it to Dante Pettis, who was basically bracketed inside and out with a safety over the top, and he didn't rifle it in there fast enough. Um, it should have been intercepted, but we, we got lucky on that one. So uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played great. He played well enough to win this game. If he can continue to perform like this, th it's pretty special. However, um, it, it's he's not the best guy in the league or anything along those lines. No touchdowns, no interceptions for Nick Mullins. He was sacked one time, but five first downs, again, 
on 11 passes. Like you've got to love these numbers that are coming out. And, you know, if they can keep doing this, we're going to be okay. And a big reason why these quarterbacks were so successful is because there was no pressure. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo on his 21 dropbacks, you know, he only had 20 attempts because he had the sack. He was only under pressure for two snaps. And so, you know, one time he was sacked, and then one time was an incomplete pass. So if we can protect our quarterback, this offense is going to be just fine. We just need to make sure that, you know, we keep them just upright and okay because, you know, they they brought four different blitzes against Jimmy Garoppolo, but there was no issues with what to do there. If we can pick up the blitz, and, you know, I gave Tevin Coleman a bad rap, but he did twice where he stayed in and took on a backer and allowed the quarterback to get the ball off. Now, Nick Mullins, he was under pressure one play um, out of his 12 dropbacks, and that was his one of his incompletions. So that's the thing that's key. If we can keep these guys upright and we do not let anybody hit them, we're going to be just fine. Now if we look at rushing grades, and this is huge because here's the deal. Matt Breed is amazing. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know what else to say. You know, it finished with over 5 yards per carry last year and he just seems to pick up right where he left off. His speed is unbelievable. And I'm just talking about rushing here. You know, he goes 7 attempts for 44 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. He gets two first downs. One of his runs is, you know, for over 10 yards and 19 of his yards are after contact that he created on his own. This is who he is. He is special. Uh, he just creates. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, nine attempts for 19 yards. That's not that's not helping. You can't have a 2.1 yard <laughs> per carry. That's not going to be his thing. And I will say this, and if you go back and watch Tevin Coleman's film, whether all the way back in Indiana, his MO has never changed. You know, in Atlanta with the Falcons and now here. He is a guy that is tackled for one yard, two yards, one yard, two yards, then a 60-yarder. He is a person with elite speed. You know, all of our running backs are super, super quick. But for Tevin Coleman to get going, he is a home run threat that needs space. And not space like in an open field. He needs a crease. If With that zone blocking scheme that Kyle Shanahan does, it's made perfect for Tevin Coleman, who's a one-cut runner. He doesn't have wiggle. He's a bigger-bodied speed track guy. But if there's congestion at the line, and we've continued to see this, he's not going to be falling forward for you know four-plus yards. It's not really who he is. He's a guy that's going to be one yards, two yards, three yards, 50 yards. So with him, it's just you know kind of wait. See what's going to happen, but he's going to have those highlights where he's just going to bust one because his speed is unbelievable. And his body, the way that he runs, like he's built like a linebacker. He's a big dude. Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, 12 carries. He had 45 yards. Not bad at all. Two touchdowns, four first downs, created 22 yards after contact, and he was just consistent. I mean, that guy, really, really like him. I think maybe practice squad's best case scenario. I doubt that he's going to have a place. Um, Austin Walter, five attempts for 20 yards. Again, 3.8 yards. Nothing really wrong there. One first down and nine yards after contact. So that's great. Uh, Nothing really bad there besides Tevin Coleman. He struggled a little bit. 
But Matt Breida continues to be the guy. I really think he should be the first guy out every single game. And, you know, if I had it my way, it'd be a 60-40 split with uh, Breida getting 60% of the carries. That's just me. Now let's talk about receiving grades. And again, number one receiving grade is Matt Breida. Two catches on two targets for 31 yards and a touchdown. And just a guy that just, again, yards after the catch. You know, he had that one screen where he catches the ball and he's got a defender holding on to his damn jersey and just shakes him off and takes off. Uh, creates an extra 16 yards and it, you know it would have been a third and like 12 if he would have went down whenever he got touched but instead he gets a first down and just keeps the drive going so both of his catches resulted in a first down or a touchdown and obviously you know that we come out in an empty set and this is one thing that the 49ers can do because it's just it's schematic you know we have Matt Breida out there and we have Kyle Juszczyk and we have a tight end so it's looking like, you know, we have 21 personnel with two backs and a tight end, which means they've got to keep in their linebackers. Well, we break the huddle and we go empty set. So that means you've got at least two linebackers out in coverage against Kyle Juszczyk and Matt Breida. Uh, Breida runs a wheel route and just or a rub wheel, whatever you want to call it. I think it was Jordan Matthews um, kind of picks his player, just a natural pick, and the two players run into each other, two defenders, and we hit a wheel route, which was just absolutely a little overthrown by Jimmy, but that's the thing that Matt Breida brings to you. And so absolutely love that guy. Richie James, four catches on four targets. Just setting it up, man, and looking good in the return game. I'm really excited to see what Richie can do. Four catches for 66 yards. Uh, got three first downs. And so you just got to love that, man. And, and here's the thing that's special about Richie James is that he can create on his own. You know, I went back and dogged him after the first preseason game because he didn't create. He was tackled by the first guy every single time, but he did have that one awesome missed tackle that he created all on his own, and that's what you want. Jordan Matthews, two catches on three targets for 33 yards. He could have had 100 yards and a touchdown, to be honest with you, and 13 yards after the catch that he created. check got two catches on two uh, targets for nine yards. Nothing really special, but got to move the chains. Marquise Goodwin continues to look good. Dante Pettis was up and down. You know, he was targeted a lot early. You know, he was targeted two times in the first three plays by Jimmy Garoppolo, and they just kept going to him. He played the most snaps of all the wide receivers, and Kyle Shanahan has been adamant, we need this kid to step up because we're going to rely on him. He'll be out there the first play week one. He's going to be the starting guy. But three catches on five targets uh, for 36 yards. Yeah, you want to take that? 21 yards created. He's special. He's just He's just got to click. Kendrick Bourne came back with another solid performance, continues to block very, very well. Two catches on two targets for 25 yards, both resulted in first downs. You love to see that because his problem has been middle of the field, and he's starting to get some work done. Debo Samuel had a pretty bad game. Run blocking really hurt his uh, his score quite a bit, but he got two catches on three targets for 27 yards, and nothing really special there. He did get one first down, but not the Debo performance that we are hoping for. One catch on one target for Tevin Coleman for two yards. Again, brought down first contact. Hate to see that. Dwelly, his catch rate continues to be low. 
probably the one thing holding him back. Two catches on four targets for 30 yards, which whenever he gets the ball in his hand, he plays really, really well, but he had a drop. That's going to be problematic. And Caden Smith, you know, one catch on two targets there. So, that's going to do it for our offensive breakdown. Tomorrow, I will be back with the defense. Really excited about that because, man, there was a lot of good things to talk about. Our defense continues to just play very, very well. But that's going to do it for us at the 49ers Rush Podcast. Again, head over to my bookie. Use promo code 49ers to make sure they match your entire deposit up to 1000 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.